to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am your host, Rachel R. Harris. I am a certified professional dog trainer. I own and run a Good Feeling Dog Training, which is based in Denver, Colorado, and I have been working with family dogs, reactive dogs, aggressive dogs for the last eight years. Um, And my intention with this podcast is to give you practical training advice and to really help you understand your dog better so that y'all can live a happier life together. So um, I have to give a huge shout out to the wonderful people who are supporting me on Patreon. Sarah, Melissa, Christina, I see you. I'm so grateful for your support. Thank you so much. Um, For those of you listening, if you would like to become a Patreon member, there is a link to that in the show notes. And what that looks like is there are a few different tiers. Um, I have very lovingly entitled them Mild Dog, Medium Dog, and Spicy Dog. If you are new to the podcast, I very lovingly refer to challenging dogs as Spicy Dogs. So um, there are three tiers. There are three ways to support. Um, The Mild Dog is just a small uh, contribution less than you would pay for a cup of coffee on a monthly basis and then there is the medium level and that is just a little bit more of a financial investment but you will get access to live Q&As once a month so I'll ask or answer your specific questions and then there is the spicy dog level which um, will get you access to me we will do a 30 minute one-on-one once a month so I can really get to know you and support you so You can check that out. Like I said, there's a link to that in the show notes. Um, But in today's episode, I want to talk about car reactivity, meaning you are in the car, your dog is in the car with you, and for whatever reason, they are barking, circling, whining, losing their shit overall. So um, car reactivity, I think, comes in lots of different shapes and sizes. So I'm going to kind of give you some examples that you can kind of insert in depending on your dog's certain need. Um, But this is something that I have troubleshooted with um, many of the dogs in my care, including my current two. Um, If you don't already know me and my dogs, I have a 13-year-old mixed breed dog. Her name is Tiva. And then I have a three-year-old, almost four-year-old American Staffordshire Terrier. And his name is Waylon. If you follow me over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, you can see just so much Tiva and Waylon content. Um, So yeah, so let's talk about car reactivity. So as with everything in dog training, I'm always going to look at how can I manage the environment to ensure more success while I'm working through the training. So if you are new to this podcast, if you are new to dog training, I really want you to always think about making behavior change by implementing management while you work on training, okay? That's just a general guideline that is going to serve you well in everything you're working on with your dog. So when we're talking about management, in the car, right? There's lots of options. So I think that if you have a dog who is highly reactive to people, other dogs, bikes, cars, and when they are in the car, they are very frequently barking, lunging, just generally having a hard time keeping it together. I really think that you need some sort of formal management in place. So 
that can have a, a, a lot of different looks. So um, a crate is an obvious option, um, setting up a crate in the car. But the thing with the crate is that I really want you to make sure that first and foremost, your dog is actually comfortable in the crate before we expect them to be comfortable in the car, right? So that's definitely a prerequisite to that. And if you're gonna start doing the crate in the car, I want you to ease into it. So do some practice. Maybe you just have your car set up in your driveway and the crate's in there and the dog loads up in the crate and gets some cookies and then you can let them out and kind of build up to it from there, right? So I don't think that you need to introduce this just overnight. Let's kind of gently um, guide our dogs into what we need them to do. Um, I think another option would be covering the crate in the car if it's at a very extreme level. So um, <laughs> obviously when we're trying to operate a motor vehicle, it is much more challenging to train our dogs. So management's super important for obvious reasons. I want you to stay safe as the operator of the vehicle. So I think that a crate is definitely a good option. Um, I think that a crate can also be a long-term plan if you need it to be. Um, early on, Waylon was pretty reactive in the car. Reactive meaning he would see something and get all excited and then he was like moseying around in the car and putting his teeth on things. And that's very typical of adolescent dogs. So um, he was crated in the car probably for the first like two years of his life. And at this point, he's a total gem, right? Like doesn't really have to be crated in the car. So I think you're really gonna have to just think about your individual dog in that circumstance as far as like is crating maybe a long-term thing or maybe a short-term thing. Um, I think another option is to get creative with limiting your dog's visibility to the things that trigger their reactivity. Okay, so um, there is a product that is called a calming cap and essentially think about like the fly screens they put on dogs eyes. It's basically like that. And it looks really silly, honestly, right? You're like, this is absurd. But it's relatively easy to condition. Um, condition meaning we're teaching our dogs to accept wearing it. So again, you can't just slap it on the dog and go. You gotta do some you know, gentle introduction with it. But that calming cap is a really nice option if you do not have room for a crate. Um, so I think that a calming cap is a really nice option. But again, that takes a little bit of conditioning up front so that your dog is comfortable wearing it. But um, I can think of a specific specific reactive um it was a lovely female german shepherd um reactive in the car um and they the dog was huge right she was a german shepherd and they just didn't have room to put a crate in there and we introduced the dog to the calming cap and it was a giant game changer um the dog had a much easier time settling down not losing her shit constantly um so yeah i think that that calming cap is a really nice option um I think another option would be um, to use window film. So I have used this like at home. I have window film in the window that the dogs lose their shit at the mailman and that has decreased it. Um, obviously, you have to be able to see out your windows, but I think that that may be an option if the dog, you know, if there's a window that you could um, use the window film on. Um, I also think that some other containment strategies can be helpful, right? So having your dog seat belted in, um, 
The only caveat to that is that I do find that when dogs are restrained, if they're already prone to reactive behavior, the tension, the literal tension of being restrained can actually increase the intensity of reactivity. So again, that's when you're really going to have to fill in the blank and know your individual dog. Um, there are also this, these things, and I have these personally in my car, and they're called uh, breeze guards. And essentially, they're just like mesh inserts so that when I roll the windows down the dogs can't actually stick their head out but air can still come in I'll include a link to that in the show notes so that you can check it out Um, but I'm a huge fan of those and those have been huge for containing and kind of managing some of my dog's reactivity Um, another added bonus is that they actually protect the windows so If you have a dog who scratches at the window, paws at the window, um, and you're worried about your poor window being broken, this is another good option, right? Because not only can you keep the dog contained in the car if the windows were down, um, but when the windows are up and your dog goes to kind of scratch at the the windows, those breeze guards can kind of act as a buffer, right? And then there's obviously a ton of options as far as like gating the dog in the car, but really looking at... um, where is the dog reacting the most in the car? So like if they're reacting at the back window the most, if you've got like an SUV, like can we limit their access to that back window where it's happening the most? So a lot of dog training is just creative solutions. Um, So I would really think about that. And then another management strategy would be to have something appropriate for your dog to chew on in the car. So we're giving them a better option. Um, super effective strategy, right? Um, I, it gets a little dicey when you have multiple dogs and depending how they feel about sharing high value items. But I do think that dogs with bully sticks, licky mats, stuffed Kongs, marrow bones, I think that that's a really proactive way to manage your dog's reactivity. Um, but remember that is contingent on the management, right? So you have to have the chew item. That's not really training anything. That's more of just a proactive management technique, which can be effective, but don't fool yourself into thinking that that's going to change behavior when the high value chew item isn't present. Um, I think that in really intense, frequent scenarios, I do think that talking to your vet about the uh, use of medication um, I am not a veterinarian, so I cannot prescribe medication. This is this is a conversation you need to have with your veterinarian. But I think, you know, really being um, detailed about the behaviors you are seeing, how frequently they're happening, how intense they are, um, and they can help guide you in deciding if maybe, maybe medication can be a nice addition to management um, and some of the training that I'm about to get to. So yeah, like, like I was saying, guys, management is, is a huge part of managing reactivity, especially when we're talking about dogs who are reactive in the car, okay? So as far as training is concerned, I do think that it's important to break the skill set down. This requires you to do training setups, right? I'm talking you literally drive your dog or park your car on the sidewalk and you do some training while people are walking by, right? Um, There's a lot of creative ways to do this. I find that parking lots can be nice places to train. Um, When we're talking about reactive training, if you are new to the podcast, you are new to dog training, it's really important that we keep our dogs under threshold, meaning that they are not boiling over the point of which they are 
lunging, barking, overall just completely losing it. So you always want to think about doing setups so that you can keep your dog completely under threshold. So um, seriously, just going and parking in a parking lot and every time someone walks by, you can be reinforcing your dog. So um, I think that when we're talking about training, you need to look at literally doing training setups when you are not operating the car so that you have an opportunity to focus on your dog, to reframe the picture of what your dog sees when they see their trigger. Um, so that's really, really important. And that does take time and effort. So that's why I wanted to give you management first, because you can implement management right away. The training is just going to take a little bit more time and a little bit more diligence on your part. Um, So I really think that it's important that you can get to a point where, um, you know, you're sitting in a parking lot, your dog sees their trigger from the car, they happily take treats and they are not reacting. Okay, so when you're working in your training setup, um, if you have heard a reactive episode on disorderly dogs. You know, I talk a lot about um, reinforcing our dogs for looking at their triggers. So that's essentially what I want you to do in the parked car, right? Your dog is wherever they are in the car, in the backseat or, or whatever, and you reach back. And as soon as they look at their trigger, you are marking and rewarding. You can use whatever marker word you want. You can use a clicker. I just say yes. But what we're doing is we're pairing the trigger walking by with the reinforcement of food, right? So that is a really important sequence of events, and that is really going to lead you to quite nice, meaningful behavior change. Um, so something else that I really love to teach in a car is a, a down, a really strong response to the down cue with no hand signal. And I use this to manage those, you know, shall we say, oh shit moments where I wasn't prepared I didn't have my cookies ready, but I really need my dog to stop losing their shit. I think that also reinforcing downs in the car promotes more of what we want our dogs to do in the car, right? Lay down, kind of chill, kind of relax and keep it together. Um, Again, this is trained when the car is parked and I'm not actively driving, right? So um, if your dog already knows a down, you know, outside of the car, you can work on that in the backseat of the car. So you're sitting in the driver's seat, wherever they are, you ask them to lie down, they lie down, you mark and you reward. I'm a big fan of hucking treats in the car. <laughs> um, this gets a little bit more tricky when, when there's more than one dog, but I do love kind of the sequence of events where I'm in the, the driver's seat, my dog is in the back seat. I ask them to lie down, they lie down, I huck the cookie back there. So they're anticipating the food reinforcement coming where they are instead of kind of like leaning up to meet me where it is. So I think that you have to decide what is going to work for you. I will be complete. I'll be quite honest with you guys. I have done a ton of training, like feeding my dog's treats while I was driving. I've done a ton of that. Um, again, you have to do what you're comfortable with. But I think that if you are not comfortable feeding your dog while you are driving, I feel you. I, I totally feel you on that. But what I want you to do is really focus more on management right? And doing the training in setups where you can give your dog your undivided attention. Another wonderful option, and seriously, in this day and age, there's so many cool dog products, but they make, um, they're essentially treat robots, right? So there's one, it's called a pet tutor. There's one, it's called a manners minder. Um, But those are operated by remote, So you can set those up and dispense treats by remote. And I think that that can be another creative solution to um, training while you are driving. So 
yeah, those are kind of my tips and tricks for working through some of the car reactivity. Um, if you are not already a part of the Disorderly Dogs Facebook group, I would love to have you in there. And if you have some insight on this, right, you have a reactive dog, you've been managing them in the car, I'd really love to hear about it. Um, all of my wonderful students who are enrolled in Reactive Redefined, um, we've had some really cool discussions about um creative ways to manage our reactive dogs in our cars. Um, so th for those of you who are new to the podcast, I run a online dog training program um, called Reactive Redefined. And I coach um, groups of reactive dog owners and I give them specific skill sets and I support them and we meet virtually and it's super beautiful and awesome. And if you have a reactive dog and you feel like you need guidance and support, hey, check out Reactive Redefined. I literally created it just for you. I hope that you all are well wherever you are. I know that the world continues to be complicated, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen to me today. Um, if you liked this episode, do me a favor. Take a screenshot of it and tag me over on the Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. And hey, send me a DM. I would love to get to know you. Have a beautiful weekend and smooch those puppies for me. All right, you guys, you know how much I love VetCS CBD products for my dogs. Great news. They make CBD products for humans. I got the orange flavored uh, dropper and I put it in my Lady Grey lattes and it is so freaking delightful. So you can get CBD for your dog. You can get CBD for you. Check out VetCS.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about how you can connect with me for training, you can go to my website, agfdogtraining.com. If you'd like more training inspiration and insight, you can follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. If you'd like to become a member and support the podcast, please check us out on Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash disorderly dogs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you really like this podcast and you want to go above and beyond for me, you could leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts to help more like-minded individuals find us.